You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. in no sense in conflict with His holiness or righteousness, His justice, or even His wrath. All of God's attitudes are in perfect harmony. They're all working together. Everything God does is loving, just as everything He does is just and right. God is the perfect example of true love. Amazingly, God has given to those who receive His Son, Jesus Christ, that love. The same love that he has has been given to us. If someone asked you, how do I know what true love is? Would you have an answer? In today's message, Pastor Dave speaks again about the love of God and how we can't actually know true love without God's love in our lives. It's only by the grace of God that we're allowed to understand what real love is through him. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 4 as he begins his message, Love Perfected. As we work our way through this beautiful and wonderful epistle of love, is what I like to call it. And to give you an idea of where we're going soon, um, we have another chapter and a couple verses to go through, 1 John. And we're seriously thinking, because of the time, because of what's happening in the world, we're seriously thinking about doing a study in Revelation come very, very soon. So we're looking at all these things to see what's happening in the world and to see what's going on. They're doing Revelation in other churches. A lot of churches are looking at it because of the time we're now in, because of what's happening in our world today. So be a, be a prayer of that. So if you've turned your Bibles to chapter 4, 1 John We're going to look at verses 17 through 19 this morning. Let me read aloud. If you want to follow along silently, please. 1 John 4, verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Shall we pray? Father, as we now come to your word, we ask, Father God, that you would open up our hearts. Open up our hearts and our ears, Lord, that we could receive whatever you want to say to us, Lord. Oh, Lord, in these crazy times in which we're living and and all the upheaval that we see throughout our lovely nation, the things that are coming towards us, let alone this COVID thing, but the social unrest and the political craziness and all the stuff that's happening, Father God, we, we somehow fail to see you because it's overshadowed by what's happening. But Lord, we know that you have perfected your love towards us through Jesus Christ. And we know that we can stand strong in him and not be fearful when we see these crazy things happening. And we know, Lord, your love is perfect and your love is pure and your love is continually available to us, Lord. So help us, Lord, now to glean from your word about that 
perfect love. And help us, Lord, to love you with everything we have, with all our being, and let us hold nothing back, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless these saints that have gathered here this morning. Pour your heart out upon them, Father God. Keep them safe. Keep them healthy. Help them to keep their focus on you, even during these trying times, Lord. And let not their fear overcome them, but let them overcome fear with your love. Oh, Lord, we're thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. So, up to this point in our study of 1 John, the apostle has been encouraging Christians, he's been encouraging us to love one another as Christ has loved us. Love has been a major theme in John's letter. Been a major theme in the world, as you can remember. Beatles made a lot of money off of love, love, love. All you need is love. We know that. In fact, you could probably make a case that the major theme of the entire Bible is love. You could make that case. So as we move into our verses this morning, John continues with the topic of love. But now he turns to a deeper, more important topic, if you will. He talked about the love that we had for one another. Now he wants to talk about the love source. Where does the love come from? It comes from God. His love poured down to us. But the main topic John wants to talk about is your love for him, your love for God. We know and we have seen this love demonstrated by the Father. But do we love him in return? And because of the love that we share, do we follow his commands? Do we obey the things that he has called us to do out of love? As I stated before many, many times, it's almost next to impossible to love our neighbors or even our brothers and sisters in the Lord unless we are deeply in love with our Heavenly Father. And that's scriptural. In Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 22, Jesus has asked a very important question. And listen to how he answers in Matthew 22, beginning in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Why did Jesus say those things? The law was set forth in negatives. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not, etc. But Jesus puts love into an extremely positive way. Have you noticed that? He said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the love of God. And in this, the law is fulfilled. He's basically declaring that the law is fulfilled here when we have a loving relationship with God the Father first. And then that love that we have with him is reflected in the way that we love each other. David Guzik says this, quote, It is clear enough what it means to love the Lord with all you are though impossible to do perfectly. But there has been some much confusion 
about what it means to love your neighbors as yourself. That doesn't mean we must love ourselves before we can love anyone else. It means in the same way we take care of ourselves and are concerned about our own interests, we should take care and have concern for the interests of others, unquote. Well, if you're a study of the Bible, which many, many of you are, you know that when Paul wrote to the Philippian church, he wrote something extremely similar. It's something extremely similar in chapter 2 in verses 3 and 4. Listen to what Paul says and see if it rings true to what Guzik just said. Paul said, Let nothing be done in selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. So love becomes the essence of the gospel. And as we put away our selfish ambitions, as we put away our conceit, our tendency to be high-minded and self-absorbed, we will naturally have a greater concern for the interests and the needs of others. And this is completely contradictory to what the world says. In fact, if you do this to the world, you're a wimp. You're crazy. This is the least attractive thing that you can do according to the world. But John's going to tell us when we get to verse 19 that this attitude that he is portraying here, this attitude that he's searching for begins not with us, but it begins with God. An attitude that God has showed us through Jesus Christ. Back in verse 8, John told us clearly that God is love. God is love. Three words that are so powerful and so strong. If you look at it this way, love or God doesn't force himself on anyone. Those who come to him do so in what? In response to his love. We're just responding to the love that God has shown us. It's a response. So God, or love, shows kindness to all. And then love, or Jesus, went about doing good to everyone without partiality. It didn't matter about your ethnicity. It didn't matter about your race, your creed. It didn't matter. Jesus showed love to all. And love, or Jesus, did not covet what others had. He lived a very humble life without complaining. He didn't brag about who he was in the flesh, although he could have overpowered everyone, but he did not. So love that God is does not demand obedience. God did not demand obedience from his son. Jesus willingly went to the cross. John 14, 31 says, The world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. This love, or Jesus, was and is always looking out for the interest of others. And we're to do likewise. We're to do likewise. You know that the greatest expression of love is communicated to us in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You also know Romans 5 verse 8. We've talked about these a lot lately. But God demonstrates his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we can see from these verses alone that it's God's greatest desire that you would join him in his eternal home. God's greatest desire is to look at you and say exactly what we sang. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Welcome home. This is where you belong. I've been waiting for you and you're here. God has made a way.
possible by paying the ultimate price for our sins. God loves us because he chose to love us. He chose an act of love for his will. And his love is a forgiving love. We studied in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what does it mean that God is love? Love is not only an attribute of God, it's the core aspect of his character. As we said last week, it's his person. God's love is in no sense in conflict with his holiness or righteousness, his justice, or even his wrath. All of God's attitudes are in perfect harmony. They're all working together. Everything God does is loving, just as everything he does is just and right. God is the perfect example of true love. Amazingly, God has given to those who receive his son, Jesus Christ, that love, the same love that he has, has been given to us. You can read about that in John 1.12, 1 John 3.1, and 1 John 3.23 and 24. And as God fills our hearts with this love, we then love him. And as we love him, the Holy Spirit then empowers us to love each other. You see how it works? It's very, very interesting the way it works here. So in our verses this morning, God is going to say through John, the Holy Spirit actually is going to say that love is being perfected. Love perfected. It means that God wants to perfect his love in us. God wants to perfect his love in you, in me, in all those that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, accepted his sacrifice. And then that perfect love would be shared one to another and one to a dying world. That's the whole thing. So in verse 17, he says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Notice a word here, the word perfect. The word perfect in Greek is teleo, teleo. It carries a connotation of mature, complete. You've seen this root word before. You should recognize the root word of teleo. On the cross, Jesus said, tell us that's using that same root word. It is finished. It is complete. It has been accomplished. It's the same root word. John's declaring that the love has been perfectly perfected. John says, we saw it. We saw it. We handled it. We touched it. You know, the beginning of 1 John. And he also says, you know it. Well, how do we know it, Pastor Dave? Because you've experienced it. You've experienced it in your own lives. If you are born again to a living hope through the cross of Jesus Christ. Think about it. If Peter says that we're to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, John is now saying we're to grow in love for our Father as well. Growing in love for God. And as I stated, our love for God is a response to the love that he has shown us through his beloved son, Jesus Christ. Have you ever really thought about how much the Father loved us? When we think about how much the Father loves us, all you have to do is look at the cross. All you have to do is look at the cross for a while. And you realize what depths the Father went to to love you. What strength the Father gave up to love you. What love he had for you as he hung there on a cross. This perfect love only comes when we are in unity with the Son. 
and the Father. Jesus prayed for that in John 17 when we studied it. He's praying that the love the Father had for him would be displayed to us and in us. So what does this equate to? Our Christian lives. The life we're now living should be a daily experience of growing in the love of God. We should always be growing in that love. And as we do this, our daily lives will be, in our daily lives will be a manifestation of that love to others. How? By becoming to know the Father better. Coming into a deeper and deeper relationship through his word and through the Holy Spirit in us. We need to look at the whole picture. Some people teach about holiness. Some people teach about the victory over sin. Some people teach that we have to be witnesses for Jesus Christ in the world. Some people teach that we have to have a separation from the world. And all these things are true. But we don't zero in on only one of them. All these things, holiness, victory of sin, being witnesses to Jesus in the world, and separation from the world are byproducts of us growing more and more and deeply in love with God. They all come from our love of God. I don't know. I turn on the TV and I make a mistake of watching the news. And all I see is craziness. All I see is want, despair, hopelessness. All I see is just depravity. All I see is just horrible. Isn't this a time when the world needs love more than ever? Isn't it a time right now when the world needs the love of Jesus Christ even more than ever before? I don't know. They say there's nothing new under the sun. They say that the day's age was just like in the days of Corinth and Ephesus. They say the days are the same. Even Jesus said, How, when will this end times be? He said, as in the days of Noah. So nothing's changed since the days of Noah. But John says, love has been perfected. Perfect love, what is it? Well, what is perfect love? Does it exist? It sounds like an impossibility, doesn't it? Last week, we said that John is called the apostle of love because he writes more about love than any other of the writers of the New Testament. But it's very, very interesting to me that it was the apostle Paul that told us what that love looked like. It was the apostle Paul who told us what that love looked like in the beautiful love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul tells us and shows us what this love looks like and what it doesn't look like. You can read that for yourself, and you've been through it before, but in these verses, Paul describes that. He describes the positive of this perfect love. Long-suffering and kind, rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, never fails. Then he describes the negative, does not envy, isn't self-seeking, doesn't have an inflated ego, doesn't insist on his own way doesn't get easily provoked, doesn't think evil, and doesn't rejoice in iniquity. This is perfect love. This is the love that Jesus showed the world. This is exactly the love that Jesus showed the world. When he was beaten to within an inch of his life, he never reviled against them. He accepted everybody into his corner. He healed those who didn't even believe in him. He fed those that couldn't care less. They were only there for a meal. But he continued to empty himself and pour himself out and pour himself out to the world. So the question is, if there is this perfect love, and John is saying that love has been perfected among us, how? But John has already told us in 1 John 4.12, 
No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believe that the love that God has for us, God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So it's by abiding in God constantly that we see this love and this love becomes perfected in us. And we know that this love is perfected in us because we have been given the Holy Spirit. Again, 1 John has told us that. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And if you ask for the Holy Spirit power so that you can do the things that God has called you to do for that boldness, you pray and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and gives you the power you need. It, it, when you look at it this way, it becomes really simple. Well, it really does. Because Galatians 5.22, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, etc., John says that the love has been perfected among us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Where does this boldness come from? The Holy Spirit. This boldness is confidence. It's not brash. It's not brazen. As we experience God's love perfectly flowing towards us, we grow in confidence towards him. We grow in that confidence and we show his love to each other. As I said, our love is always to others becomes a witness and it's not always verbal. We want to run out and witness with somebody with the Bible and go, here, you got to believe this. Bam, bam, and hit them over the head with it. you got to believe this. No. They're more interested in your life. They're more interested in looking at you and seeing what you're doing. And if, you're, if your life is matching your words. You say you love me, show me. And make it real. Paul said, we're the epistles written on the hearts of men. As we live out our faith in front of others, they see Christ in us. And they see his love perfected in us. They see the change he has made on our lives. And because of that love that they see, they are drawn to him just like you were and I was. We're drawn to God because of the love. Our lives become a dynamic witness of love of God through Jesus Christ. And when we speak, our talk will back up our lives. There won't be a mismatch. I mean, that's what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian means to be Christ-like. To be a Christian means to be Christ-like. And that name, Christian, was given to the church by pagans, by non-believers, because they saw Jesus in the people, and they called them Christians. It's going to be noticeable. People are going to see it in your life. And, you know, we have a lot of favorite scriptures, and for me to tell you which one's more important than the other, I couldn't do that. But one of my most favorites, and I know Mark and I have talked about this before, we even went to a conference where this was the main thing, the, the apostles are in front of the Sanhedrin and they're being railed at for teaching in the name of Jesus and they're being railed at for doing these things and they're standing there. And look what it says in, in verse 13 of chapter 4 of Acts. Now, when they, the Sanhedrin and the council, saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, untrained, and they marveled. And they realized they had been with Jesus. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. 
Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 John or jump into another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and We'd be happy to meet you and hear your story. You'll find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions, as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for Church Online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, this edition is coming to a close, but we're grateful that you've been a part of our listening audience today. Make sure you join us again next time for more from 1 John, where Pastor Dave has more to share about this book. We look forward to that time with you again as your heart is reminded of God's love here on A Sure Hope.